0: There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone.
1: Hello and welcome to the start of season two of the Twilight Highlight Zone. I am Ben Hansen and I'm joined by Mr. Jeff Cork. Hey, we're back. We are back. We after promised. <laughs> yeah, we promised. <laughs> and it's, it's a good sign that we took a little break and we got a fair amount of people questioning us on Twitter and on our Game Informer page about, hey, when are you guys bringing this dumb show back?
0: I would even say that some rival, I don't know if, I don't want to maybe say that there's even a rivalry, but we've heard some other podcasts have made fun that of our break
1: yes podcasts that relive older episodes of a certain sci-fi show Uh uh
0: uh-huh uh-huh we don't need to get into it we don't need to get into it there's it's just (laughs) unnecessary drama yeah and we don't need that but we're back and we're on itunes now Thanks
1: to the lovely Ava Schrank, we should point out. And
0: that's not a pseudonym. Someone actually does have that last name, and they do (laughs) willfully pass it along to other people.
1: Yeah, yeah. She did a great job. She got it up on iTunes for us because she is much smarter than us, so thank you to her.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. Look at us. RSS and up. Life. (laughs) I know what end of the microphone to speak into. That's the extent (laughs) of my podcasting prowess. So anyway.
1: So... Over this break I feel like you started watching these a long time ago waiting for me to finally catch up.
0: A little bit of that, yeah. We're really like picking up as far as like Prime Twilight Zone stuff.
1: The first batch of season 2 episodes.
0: And just to, to reiterate what we're doing. Oh yeah. We do 5 episode blocks on popular streaming services cuz I don't want to, we used to say Netflix but they're kind of off and on. I mean, they only have the first two seasons now.
1: Yeah, they removed the later seasons from Netflix. So we're still watching them on Netflix. Eventually, we're going to jump ship to Hulu Plus. I, know, think. I
0: think they've got them on YouTube. <laughs> They're all over. <laughs> Just watch the show. Yeah. But Find
1: the show and watch it along with us. We give uh, recaps and really dumb analysis of each old episode
0: of The Twilight Zone. Tightly constructed intros. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can your lead tail. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. All right. So this first five block episode chunk of season two yes is bizarre
0: yeah it starts with in my opinion a thud but i don't want to like poison the well, well <laughs> immediately you
1: say this episode does start with a thud quirk literally plane crashes We're here we go about king nine will not return now this takes place in 1943 it opens in north africa in 1943 middle of world war ii And there is a pilot on the ground outside of a crashed plane. He goes back into the plane. He can't find any of his crewmates. He wanders around the desert screaming, slowly losing his mind more and more. Then he wakes up in a hospital bed Mm -hmm. in the 60s. And it turns out that he, he saw a newspaper saying that the plane that he was supposed to be commanding had crashed and had been found recently, and that set him on this crazy flashback in his mind, and that's what the entire episode was.
0: Survivor's guilt, because he was supposed to be on that plane that, on its ill-fated journey, and then it disappeared, never to be heard from again. Until he saw that headline, they found it. Right. But then what happens? You're missing the dumbest part of the entire episode. The They're part. standing in the hallway. They call it
1: Survivor's guilt. And mm-hmm. then the nurse walks up with his clothing, because they're in the hospital, mm-hmm. and she sets down his shoes and sand pours out of his
0: shoes. All of the sand. It's like he was trying to like dig a tunnel using his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much sand. That was a deleted scene
1: of him just filling his shoes, trying to pass the time in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Uh, so this episode, I looked it up, is actually inspired by True Events, because I guess they found a bomber called the Lady Be Good... Hmm. in the desert years and years after world war ii and they could not find it anywhere they assumed it went down in the mediterranean and they found it in north africa uh and there was like they found the remains of the entire crew inside Mm -hmm. except for one so one guy survived and presumably died somewhere else else in the desert so ron saw this and said let's just do another dumb isolation episode
0: yeah where is everybody worked so well so let's just do it all over again.
1: That's how season one opened. Exactly. The first episode was an isolation A guy episode.
0: shouting at nothing for half an hour. But this one... That's adds, entertainment.
1: Yeah, this one has a twist though because he is narrating in the beginning. hmm And so when it started, it's like, oh, I think this is like the second big narrated episode of Twilight Zone. There was one in the first season... And it's like, okay, but then it's as he devolves and his insanity insanity kind of grows, he begins to yell mm-hmm. what he should just be thinking. Yeah. And then he sees jets overhead.
0: Exactly. That's the telltale sign that he's in the Twilight Zone, also known as our world.
1: Right. But it's kind of cool because he's like, Why are there jets here? And then he's like, Wait, why do I know
0: what those yeah, are? Exactly. That was a nice little touch there. That
1: was I thought the most interesting detail yeah. was that he recognizes these things, but he's in nineteen forty three. Right. Do you know the origins of jets? When did they come about?
0: Uh, I thought it was like towards the end of World War II. Was yeah, I think that in the Nazis where they're experimenting with jet technology. I don't yeah, know that yeah. they necessarily got it, got them working or not. Right, right. I've seen the Rocketeer. I think that that's <laughs> where my World War II jet technology is. They're designed by the super yeah. big
1: guy that they fought on the blimp.
0: I thought that the explanation for this, I don't know, we were saying it kind of treads on some themes that were, as everybody touched on. I like how this one kind of resolves itself a little better. Uh, sand notwithstanding. I like yeah. the idea that it wasn't just a guy going nuts in an isolation chamber, but a guy going nuts because he saw a headline. Is there really c- that
1: much more of an explanation for you?
0: It is a better explanation for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not great. The acting was pretty good. Like I like that scene where he kept on saying, like, there has to be a reason. There's yeah. a reason for everything. This is not just pure chaos. There's a reason for this. And he right. can't quite put it together. Yeah. I also liked when he picked up the canteen and he goes uh-oh. You're in the desert, you idiot! <laughs> Screaming at his crewmate for throwing the canteen down. And then he did the worst thing, which they did in the season one episode, where he tries to drink from the canteen in the desert, and it just goes all over his Oh, jam, uh, the hungry
0: water slop. It's the Everybody worst. does that. I
1: can't stand watching people do that. Yeah. I would be so efficient and drinking out of a canteen in the desert.
0: Is that, I shot an arrow in the air, right? Was yes. the other guy who just yes. totally loses his mind when he gets to drink <laughs> water. Turns yeah. into like a wolf.
1: So uh, as he's transitioning to the present day in the hospital. He also has that line that he keeps repeating where he goes, please let me in on it, God. That's his refrain. Hmm. It's a bizarre, pretty cool one. So that and the jet moment are yeah. two highlights of the episode for me. Yeah. Other than that, I thought it was a pretty mediocre episode.
0: I agree with you. Dude walking around in the desert yelling.
1: Yeah, and we've had so many versions of that from season one.
0: And yeah, And There's five seasons of The Twilight Zone and we're in season two and we're already... Like, this is okay. Here we go again. Yeah. That guy yelling.
1: It's interesting. One of the long form episodes that I've seen from a later season, like the hour long ones, mm-hmm. has a very similar plot. Oh, no. So, I'm looking forward to revisiting Are that yeah. one. <laughs> In a way. Yeah, yeah. So, I ended up giving this one
0: a five. Out of? Ten. That's right. That's another thing about our show. We have competing point scales. No, we got rid of that. Did we? We got
1: rid of that in episode one because I argued that it was the dumbest thing you could possibly do.
0: Well, I should watch or listen to our podcast <laughs> Well, doing some quick arithmetic. Uh-huh. Give this one a four, a four. out of ten. Four. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Oh, we should note, this was also <gasps> the first oh, yeah. official episode that has Sterling on camera.
0: Yep. And also the Twilight Zone song that we're yes. also accustomed yes. to. yes. And mm-hmm. I like the way that the intro is delivered, the monologue. Next up, the Twilight Zone. He just sounds so urgent, like
1: you gotta get it out. You gotta. Uh,
0: <laughs> all right. Next one. All right. This one's called "The Man in the Bottle." All right. It is a starts with an older couple. They have a curio shop. Uh, we'll call it a junk shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, they're not doing so well. Uh, getting they don't have enough money to pay the bills. Crazy old lady comes in. She wants to sell an heirloom. He's like, hey, this is just junk. It's just an old bottle. She's like, oh, it's been in the family forever. You know, might get you some money. He's like, uh, begrudgingly gives her a dollar. She walks away, not before turning around and says, I got it from an ash can. And then flips the bird. <laughs> no, that doesn't actually happen, but then walks away. And then the wife, who isn't surprisingly enough, a shrew of a wife. She starts out that a little way. bit, but she tones it down. Yeah. Um, she's like, come on, you can't just give away the money. And he's like, oh, whatever. The bottle gets knocked over right right smoke comes out and then the creepiest guy appears (laughs) in the in the store and he's like hey here's a long story short uh i'm a genie and you get four wishes okay i wish that that glass cabinet over there didn't was all cracked no cracks so they're like okay this is this guy's the real deal um well we've got money problems we'll wish for money a whole lot of money well how much do you want you have to be very specific a million dollars in fives and tens. Suddenly money starts coming from the sky and they're all so happy and cuts to a party. A bunch of people are there getting money. He's handing it out and then a guy from the IRS comes and demands his share. After a few calculations, it's like 970 something thousand dollars out of a million. So when they're all done counting a million dollars, which apparently they were able to do with fives and tens in a matter of minutes, uh, they're left with five dollars above where they were. The next wish... He says, well, here's the deal. I want to be the leader, but not just the leader. I want to be the leader who can't get voted out of power, uh, a contemporary society of but, a foreign country, of a foreign country. Right. And then Genie's like, OK, snap. Dun, dun, dun. He's Hitler at the end of World War Two. Things are going down. And then finally, his last wish, because he has four, says, I wish everything was back to normal. Poof. Everything is back to normal, except the glass case is still fixed. And they say, we are living it. We're up one. And he starts to like put the bottle, because the bottle at that point has shattered. Starts sweeping up the pieces of the bottle. The broom hits the case. Cracks the glass. It's a wash.
1: Not quite. They are up five dollars. Four,
0: because the dollar that they gave the lady for the bottle.
1: Wow. You (laughs) you did your super dorky math. (laughs) But, I mean, living as Hitler... For that brief period of time, just the emotional, you know, education that they went through.
0: Oh, yeah. And they, they they were like at the very end, they're like, here's the poison you wanted. Everyone is dying. And, you know, here you go. This is it. Uh,
1: I realized when this episode started, I, I didn't know that I liked genies this much. But right when it started, I was like, I'm always up for a genie story. Mm-hmm. The old monkey's paw. Like, yeah, it's always fun. I am always up for it. And I loved it even more. When the genie comes out and he looks like a weirdo businessman.
0: He is a terrifying dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he immediately is like, look, I'm not going to bore you with you. Like, I'm a genie. And yeah. like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I like that they weren't excited right away. Like they were scared sless. Yes. Throughout pretty much this entire episode. Just like, and the wife was always coming at it from the angle of like, this guy's demonic. Like, mm-hmm. don't mess around with this genie. We're going to regret it. Yeah. And just, I love that they weren't immediately excited. Like, they tried to like, call the police. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm going to call the police. And the genie's like, is that your wish? Your wish just to call the police? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a nice twist on the genie story, I thought. Yeah.
0: Some interesting things. I always associate three wishes with the genie. Yeah, I didn't know Here like there, there were before. four. And... They do he does bring it up later, but initially he doesn't say, and you can't wish for more wishes. He like throws that caveat like to like after the money, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, after throw it the- in there. But my favorite part is that so it's that thing of they realize after the money, like, oh no, everything has consequences. Mm-hmm. We really need to think hard about something that will have zero consequences. Yes. And so, you know, my thought like my mind's reeling, trying to figure out where they're gonna go with this. Like mm-hmm. clearly they should go small, they should go contained. And his go-to for no consequences is, I want power. Yeah, I want to be the leader of a country, but because I don't want consequences, I won't be able to get voted out. Yeah. What? That's the worst idea. But then it had the stinger. Like when he said leader of a foreign country in this century, Mm -hmm. in the back of my mind, I thought, no, they wouldn't make him Hitler. Yeah. Cause this is like just years after, well, we learned it's 17 years. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the plane from episode one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's years after World War II and then it's jump like, cut it- and it's him looking at the camera and saying the words,
0: I'm Hitler. <laughs> Just a throwaway <laughs> gag. You know? I oh, yeah, yeah. That was hilarious.
1: I, I stomped my foot and I laughed. I'm Hitler. <laughs> I never expected the lines in a show from the 60s to be, I'm Hitler, as he's stunned. And the most real part of this is I looked up that actor.
0: Mm-hmm. He has played Hitler twice before. Well, he's a dead ringer for it. <laughs> Guy with fake mustache.
1: Just fat Hitler? Yeah. He doesn't even really look like that. But Not he, at all. So he has played Hitler three times in his career.
0: Yeah. I think if you could memorize lines at that point, you had a leg up on the competition.
1: But <laughs> do you think... Because he had played Hitler so many times and they realized they got him cast in this episode, they had to rework that scene. And that's why it feels so awkward. We got to make him Hitler. Yeah.
0: He's got the costume.
1: (laughs) Also, I was confused at the end when he came back from his adventure as Hitler. (laughs) I didn't didn't know how much the wife knew. Yeah. At first I was like, okay, so she's completely in the dark on this whole thing. But then she lets on that she was aware of him wishing, but she never asked, like, where did you go? Were you Hitler? Or why didn't you wish for me to be part of this wish or why didn't you wish for money without the irs
0: involvement like you could have done so many things because he presumably just disappeared yeah and even if that wish had been like a spectacular success yeah she's gone
1: well i was wondering that during the flashback they said something like ava braun to the next room and so i was wondering i wonder if what a weird episode. That is a really weird episode. Yeah, and so then it ends with him putting the the genie back in the garbage mm-hmm. and it reforms ready for the next person. Yeah. And I, even though it's kind of a conventional story of the genie, I still really like this episode. Yeah. I ended up giving it a really high score.
0: Oh dear. I gave it a seven. I gave it an eight. <sighs> See if you can keep this enthusiasm rolling. You're up.
1: <laughs> nervous man in a $4 room. I will say the best part of this episode is the title. Yeah, There are some good titles uh, this time around. This is a nervous man in a cheap hotel room, Mm -hmm. as the title would let on. His crime boss calls him, is yelling at him, eventually comes over and wants this wimp, super low down on the crime ladder guy to kill somebody for him because nobody would ever suspect him. And then the boss leaves and he is tortured by his own emotions as he tries tries to figure out whether or not he can kill this guy. And then his reflection appears. His reflection is super confident in the mirror and says, ah, come on, let me out, let me out. And then eventually he gets out and leaves the room.
0: He doesn't just leave the room, though. He traps the weak guy in the mirror. And he doesn't just do that. Oh, he punches. A spectacular, kind of like a grazing body blow, followed by an uppercut. and The guy just falls down like a sack yeah. of pianos he punches out
1: the crime boss george yeah george and, and gets his sweet vengeance yeah and that's the end of the episode you know this was <laughs> this was an all right episode it, i wish i counted how many times that he said george like especially when he was on the phone mm-hmm. he says, oh, I, i'm sorry george I, i'll get to it right away george i <laughs> promise i won't disappoint you george it was over the top with the george
0: yeah a lot of george
1: also george looked like captain hook the mirror effects i thought worked pretty good like it's a little bit grainy, but as far as like matching the eye line and stuff when he's talking to his own reflection they did a
0: really good job there was a really cool shot too when the mirror he's totally freaking out because he sees the the reflections doing different stuff so he like moves the the dresser with the mirror and he pulls it away from the wall and then the mirror starts spinning yeah and every time it spins it gets closer and closer and closer yeah i like that
1: that was the best part and that's when i think they swap places yeah super confident guy yeah takes in the real world and
0: he's not jackie He's John.
1: Yeah. Completely different. Yeah, because
0: he's totally bummed out because Jackie has like squandered every opportunity and this John guy apparently has had to watch it all. Like He's never succeeded. He never went to school, never settled down, had a real job, yeah, met a this, nice girl, None That's of that. the
1: thing. My favorite detail of this episode is when like the mirror starts talking about his love life. Like, yo, you blew it with Jenny. You know that we blew it. Yeah. And he's just been frustrated his entire life being this guy's reflection. And that was the weird balance of this episode is, I like the idea of this reflection being alive, Mm -hmm. but I didn't like the idea of the episode being just a reflection of his own mind and kind of like a division of himself. Yeah, But if they played up the idea more about this reflection being self-aware and alive his entire life
0: it could have been much more cool well you know what happens when that happens though it takes place at a bus station and there's that idiotic shot of the guy looking behind at himself yes so i realized that don't be careful what you wish for
1: after this episode was over i was like god this sounds so familiar then i remembered oh yeah mirror
0: image yeah (laughs) from the first season that show had a mirror
1: (laughs) It was the exact same plot there was an interesting bit when uh the reflection first appeared through like a puff of smoke and this Jackie guy looks at it, and the mirror addresses him, and he says, You talking to me? You talking to me? You oh, yeah, that? yeah. Do you think that the taxi driver quote was a reference to this Twilight Zone? It sure seems like it. It'd be weird if it wasn't, right?
0: Yeah. I, I gotta do some more back in the day, there were like two channels, right? So <laughs> you have to say, young Martin Scorsese, you had to have seen that. Here's the question, though. Yeah. John reunites with Jenny. Right? Yeah. He's going to have a real nice night on the town. Yeah. Get, gets himself some new clothes. Goes to comb his hair. Disheveled mess all the time. He'll never be able to comb his hair because it's just going to be that slob Jackie staring back at him. <laughs> He's going to be looking like a, just a hot mess all the time.
1: Him trying to prepare for a date by looking at Jackie in the mirror with Jenny would be a more interesting episode than this. I it? think so too. Yeah. ended yeah. up giving this one a
0: four. Hey. Ding, 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 ding. Four. There we go. There we go. We did it. All right, you got this one, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Make it short. All right, this is a thing about machines. All right, there's this guy named Bartlett Finchley. He is a gourmand who writes food reviews, and he also hates machines. He His his TV is broken, and he blames it on this, this infernal machine. He kicked it or punched it or did something with it, and he just hates machines. Uh, The TV repairman has to suffer his abuse. Then suddenly the machines start to seem like they're taking on lives of their own. Like the TV powers on. There's a lady dancing a flamingo dance. And then she's saying, why don't you just leave Finchley? Typewriter totally spazzes out and types. Why don't you leave? Just leave Finchley. Why don't you just leave Finchley? Then he goes upstairs to shave his face and the razor. He holds it near his face and he lets go. And it's like a snake hovering like a cobra. And he rushes downstairs has a drink and he goes to sleep and he wakes up and it's still going on and all this terrible stuff. And then eventually he runs outside because he's like, I have had enough. His car chases after him like a bull, eventually pins him. He falls in, eventually falls into the swimming pool and drowns. And then that's the end because he had a thing about machines.
1: It's that whole thing about machines, that whole thing it? about machines. They will run you into your own pool and you'll drown. <laughs> I was confused about the fact that he had a pool, but apparently
0: he couldn't swim at all. Not only that, but they make a big deal. We'll kind of we we'll go back to the good stuff. But they make a big deal of a... And he sunk. Usually bodies float, don't they? Yeah, I think he had a heart attack.
1: Oh, is that what they said? I, I, it didn't make any sense, I though. I was also like, really confused with that. Also, I like that the car was parked outside the ambulance in a way much like Franklin Rum. was watching the town of his Yeah. It's very similar to that whole concept. And at
0: one point, uh, Finchley dodges the car, and the car smashes into the conveniently placed wall of cardboard boxes, <laughs> and it makes a sound like it just smashed through a brick wall. That
1: was the big action scene. Yeah. It was pretty intense. I realized this entire episode is like the end of Toy Story 1, where all the toys are fighting
0: back Sid. against Sid. <laughs>
1: It's unclear how long this guy
0: has been tortured by all the dumb machines in his house. What a dumbass! I like how the typewriter put its threats in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just like, "Why don't you just leave, Finchley?" It was like, "All right, I'm gonna be very formal about this." And that razor just killed me. Like, that's the best thing when he because not only does it like he's holding up and he's got this look of mistrust, yeah, and then he lets go and it's still staying in the air. It's like, Bzz. yeah, and then later. It goes down the stairs like a snake. Yeah, it slides down the stairs. And like the
1: first time the razor comes alive and it's floating there, he doesn't mention it. No. I mean, I guess he doesn't really have anybody to talk to. But he calls
0: people and he's like, hey, do you want to go out for dinner or do you want to do stuff? not only
1: does he do that, Cork, he calls, basically he's going on a couple booty calls here. (laughs) Yeah. And his opening line to this lady is, how is my favorite attractive young widow?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you just leave, Finchley? (laughs) Jesus, get out
1: of here, Finchley. (laughs) guy's the worst yeah also did the mechanic in the beginning of the episode look familiar to you yeah
0: he was in the purple testament he was the captain that uh that the crazy guy went to and the guy was like you gotta settle yourself down you've got to fly that's a that's a good memory because i knew he looked familiar but he also pops up on a later episode will the real martian please stand up and i won't say anything else but he's very he's a very recognizable gentleman
1: yeah yeah also, they had a fun thing with Rod Serling's reveal in this episode where the camera whips around and he's in the TV, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. They're yeah. already playing around like, you know, what, three, four episodes in, they're yeah. already experimenting with where he can be instead of just standing well,
0: They there. did that with uh, um, Nervous Man in a $4 room, too. He kind of like, it was a, an above shot. That's right. Where yeah. you could see the entire room. It wasn't at an angle and he popped up from presumably the side of the wall it's just such a strange thing like everyone knows someone who hates machines let's write a story about it i don't understand does that like if he had a lever that's the thing like what an inclined machine, plane can like, he
1: just like add gears to an object and then eventually it'll yeah alive will and exactly then say get out of here yeah later. a
0: wheel just by itself with that <laughs> is <laughs> is it confusing, verse code somehow is a
1: confusing twist when like the lady on tv the flamenco yeah. dancer was then speaking and saying, get out of here, Frenchly. So it's like,
0: is she... She was like dancing in the... construct of the TV's yeah. hatred.
1: You could really overthink this episode. I think keeping it at the surface level as old people don't like machines.
0: But then he, he repairs the television. He doesn't just say... And he, he like totally belittles the guy who's fixing it in just the worst way. And the guy's just like, ah, he's just putting up with it. But if he hates the television so much, why does he keep it around? Because going back to my earlier point, there were only like two channels at the time. It's not like you had to have television to keep track of what was going on in the world. There was not
1: There was a a weird plot about him being mean to everybody. Yeah. Like when he called that lady an attractive young widow Mm -hmm. and then like he fires his secretary. Yeah. And she says, you're going to be stuck in this mortal combat with the machines, which I enjoyed. Uh, But like, is that the idea? Is the machines are punishing him because he's a dick?
0: I guess. But you think that the first... Time you pull out the sheet of paper that the typewriter is typed by itself and says get out of here with your name on it (laughs) and you go upstairs and your razor is like a cobra (laughs) and you let go and it's suspended in the air that you wouldn't go downstairs to uh, one of those crystal decanters and pour yourself a drink yeah and then just like flop down on the sofa and just take a nap (laughs) just get out of there get get out of there Finchley. i mean i don't know how much more clear they could be (laughs) why don't you just get out what are they gonna do when he leaves I don't know. They, they probably haven't thought that far ahead. It's almost like the like yeah, the Terminator movies. What's their end game?
1: So I ended up giving this one a four, despite being entertaining. Okay, here's the deal. Yeah. This,
0: okay, you just okay. You finish your thing.
1: Oh, that's it. I mean, despite the special effects of the razor being cool, and it was it was an action, relatively fun scene to watch the car mm-hmm. try and run him down. Like, yeah. It was just so the concept didn't hold any water. Yeah. Like his lungs.
0: Ah. It's true. He just sank like a stone. Would you give it? I give it a four. So here's the deal. Yeah. I I approach scoring a little differently. Uh-huh. I think if, if something is like completely absurd to the point where I'm really enjoying it. Okay. I gave this one like an eight. Wow. I this is one that I would go back to and watch with people who aren't familiar with the show just because it's so crazy and stupid. I wouldn't hold it up as like This is what, like, some of the best that the Uh show has to offer, but, like, some of the funnest, Uh most entertaining, out-there material.
1: It is. It is certainly out there. Yeah. Would you show them the next episode?
0: Yes, for some of the same reasons.
1: (laughs) Next episode is called The Howling Man. Mm Mm-hmm. And it opens with (sighs) a young American, and he walks into a castle for shelter in the middle of a storm.
0: Oh, wait. I, I hate to interrupt. He's
1: narrating his own story. he sets it up. That's right. I'm going to make this super quick. Okay, sorry. He walks into the castle, shelter from a storm. There's a strange, robe-wearing, religious cult there. They all look like Moses. Uh, They tell him, like, hey, whatever you do, don't free that guy. He's a liar. He then learns that the guy that they have imprisoned there is Satan, but he doesn't believe them, and he frees Satan and then Satan's wrath is spread across the world and takes the form of World War II and the Korean War and nuclear bombs. The end. Oh, and then he's an old man, and he captures Satan, mm-hmm. and then his secretary or maid frees Satan again in the 60s. Yeah.
0: I think you're missing a lot of details that make this episode... What it is, that's the point. Go I didn't back and say good details. I said that, I think details that make it what it is. Fill it in, man. So, the Howling Man refers to the fact that, like, at first, the monks are just like, I'm sorry that you're wet, but you gotta get the fuck out of here yeah. <laughs> because this is no place for you. Yeah, and he hears, Aww! and he's like, What is that? That's just the wind, <laughs> okay, whatever. And then he like faints, and that's why they're a little more like, Okay, fine, you can stay here a little bit, but yeah. you gotta get out of here. And he learns that the the, the order—it's a religious order—the uh, Brotherhood of Truth, I think—the Brotherhood of Truth, exactly. And <laughs> they are guardians of knowledge uh-huh. and the truth, and and they imprison Satan because they had like this little area where they were by where people were kind to each other and honest and everything. The Devil could not handle it; it just drove him nuts. Yeah. So he went there, and they were able—it was child's play at that point—just to lure him in there. And they imprison him with a staff. The staff of truth, which looks like a shepherd's staff. Just
1: put a padlock on that door if you're so worried about weirdos opening it up. Like they kept telling this guy, like, hey, that guy's a liar. Don't go over there. mm -hmm. We've imprisoned no man, they
0: keep saying. Yeah. Because it is Satan. (laughs) It's Satan. No big deal. The big D. And but I think if like a padlock, he could like a conventional locking mechanism, he could probably undo. I think the fact that there's a significance with the staff of truth. Because when you see the flashback at the end, he's he's using the Staff of Truth, but it's this tiny little one, like you get at a gift shop, like like Staff of Truth night at a sporting yeah. event.
1: It looks like those one-time flossing things that he yeah. just puts <laughs> over the door. Miniature.
0: It's probably six inches long. The most pathetic little
1: latch. According to Wikipedia in this episode, I guess that was originally supposed to be a cross in CBS Objected.
0: That would be more effective because <laughs> the staff makes no
1: sense. But- also, I don't know why he was howling. It was called the howling man. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, at some point this guy's going to turn into a werewolf. This yeah, a fun werewolf story. Yeah. No, it's just
0: Satan howls oh. to get attention, I guess. But, but one of the best parts too is the devil comes out and he looks like a guy. And then as he walks past a bunch of pillars that kind of obscure your view, every time he comes back into view, he looks a little more like the devil, right? He's to
1: like, the point that he becomes
0: a cartoon of the devil. He has like a Spencer Gifts like cape <laughs> and like little horns and a goatee, <laughs> and he doesn't have a pitchfork because he probably left it, it in hell, yeah. presumably. But yeah. and then he even disappears with a flash of smoke. Yeah,
1: uh, I took a note in the middle of this episode, Cork. It says, "What the f- is this?" <laughs> <laughs> it feels like this is like the Halloween special. Like it really is the does... weirdest episode. Brother Jerome. Everybody
0: looks like an extra from like the Ten Commandments. Oh, like, that's what I wrote down. Everyone, <laughs> extra props for the Ten Commandments or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is a weird old sect and the guy is trying yeah. to, Satan's trying to convince him that it's this, oh, religious zealots. They're out of control. Oh, you know, his
0: cover story was pretty great. He was like with a girl and we were kissing and Brother Jerome, he walked by that zealot. Is there something wrong with kissing? Yeah. Is that? I I don't think so. (laughs) So here we go. Go ahead. So there you you go. Get out, you. Also, I like the
1: stinger for the commercial halfway through the episode is the old guy saying, what you say is a man is not a man. It is the devil himself. (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. And then it's a close-up of the old guy's face. Yeah, as the thunder claps and it holds on his face for that awkward amount of time. It's like
0: two two full blinks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Slow fade out. This episode is nuts. I I guess it was the first in season two, not written by Rod Serling. It was written by a guy who originally had it as a short story and then he adapted his own work and made this bonkers episode. I hope he
0: didn't write that the devil looked like that. (laughs) It's absurd. All right, get this. The
1: devil has two small horns, a goatee, and a super long, dumb cape.
0: He gets the cape. The best part is he gets the cape because the uh, narrator drapes like a little shawl over him. He's like, here's the cloth. You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. going to be cold outside when yeah. we bail. And that in turn turns into the devil's cape.
1: I ended up giving this episode a five.
0: Yeah, I gave it a six. Just because you would that like to show That devil transformation.
1: It. it was cool. That was probably the best special the effect of the point, season.
0: like when it strikes, or, oh, wait, there's some dots on the? Oh, they're doing horn. Oh, they're doing horns.
1: <laughs> it's an interesting theory as well that like after World War I, According to the Twilight Zone lore, nothing bad happens.
0: Well, Brother Jerome explains it, though. What does he say? He says that there's still going to be murder, because the guy asks, he's like, well, there's still all this bad stuff going on. There's crime and murder and stuff like that. And he says, well, those are just things that humans bring upon humans. It's just human nature. But the really big catastrophes, like world wars and famine and everything, that is the devil.
1: That's where Satan (laughs) That's this
0: guy. And something I was wondering is every time that... That our hero kind of approached the devil's cell. He kind of looked like he was stricken, you know, like he would have to lean on a pillar for support. I wonder, is that like some kind of devilish influence, like weakening him or did he just happen to get the vapors (laughs) a lot?
1: Yeah. That guy passed out so often. I thought that's why I thought they were going to play up the like wolfman angle. They was going to transform into a werewolf. I'm like, oh, clearly something's up with this guy. He's passing out left and right. Your theory makes more sense, but I don't know if anything in this episode really makes too much sense.
0: Oh, when the devil got out, remember he used his voodoo devil magic to like knock the guy to the ground? Yeah. That was pretty cool. Uh,
1: uh. There's a lot of (laughs) laughing in this episode or in this block of seasons. Yeah. Or block of episodes. Like he keeps laughing, and then like the genie is The genie was laughing. Yeah. I think, uh, there's a lot of laughing in the first episode in the plane. Oh, the like, creepy guys. The crew. And then like yeah. the guy in the cockpit has that bizarre laugh where it yeah. looks like a PS1 animation. It's a bizarre chunk of episodes. Like my reviews, the scores weren't too high, but I think I
0: enjoyed blasting through all these last night. Yeah. I don't want to give anything away. The next block is pretty great.
1: All right. Great. Well, be sure to watch the next five episodes and tune in next week. And yeah. And subscribe to us on iTunes. For real. And- uh give us your super honest opinions in the review section on iTunes, which is a thing. Sure. Yeah. But thanks for listening and uh we'll see you all next week.
0: Bye, highlight, twilight, side, highlight.
1: Bye light, twilight. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll 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 go with what we do. <laughs> we'll go with what we do. We'll go with what we do. That's how Edward R. R. started every <laughs> podcast. We'll go with what we do, America. <laughs>
1: this is improv news. <laughs> exactly,
0: just riffing on the headlines on the radio. Set.